0: Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And congratulations to the Vegas Golden Golden Knights, uh, Stanley Cup champions after six long suffering seasons.
1: (laughs) Yes, how how hard for them. So glad that they were finally able to get over that hump. Yeah. So, uh, they
0: had quite the parade yesterday, too. Jack Eichel was the star. He was mostly, from what I saw, anyways, on Twitter. He was all over the place, shirtless mm-hmm. and just running down Las Vegas Boulevard. So, yeah. <laughs> they had quite the time there. And, uh, I guess they had it in the evening. I thought it was kind of weird. They had it at seven o'clock because, they did I guess because it's, it's hot. so hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I was thinking. But, um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, I figured I picked them. You didn't so, No. So, but it's not because neither of us really cared basically, right. Who, who won, but, uh, yeah, I, I just thought that they were going to do it and they did. And, uh, yeah, Jonathan Marsh or so as well got the consmite. So, so congratulations yes. to Vegas.
1: Yes. Congratulations to them. Uh, now we can move on and, uh, Talk more and think more about our our Leafs again, hundred hundred percent of the time, and yeah. uh, no distractions. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it's always a sad day for me when um, the cup is awarded. Well, mostly because it's never to to our team, but <laughs> the other reason because because that means that hockey season is over. So now we've got you know a few months with no hockey. Which, oh, but there's going to be lots of, to talk about. <laughs> well, yeah, know. but not Different. the game on the ice. Not on the ice. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm getting at. You know, like yeah. we're not going to get to watch it for a bit. But at the same time, you know, the hopeful side of it is that um, now we can look forward to, you know, the, the, it's a clean slate again for our yeah. leaves. And uh, we can look forward to and be hopeful for the next season. So, and yeah, yeah, we start planning, like a lot of people were saying, start planning for next year to win the cup. That's right. So anyway, just to put a nice bow on, on this playoff, (laughs) um, we go to hockey Twitter who that never disappoints when it comes to funny content. And we're just going to go through a few tweets that, uh, were posted that, that really made us laugh. So I had a good laugh.
0: First one, um, I'll give you the first one here. It's the one with Paul Maurice where – it was actually in the Leaf series where he put his hands up like this, I think it was, or something. <laughs> like this, I guess, because yeah. he got six penalties. They yeah. got six penalties called against them. But on Hockey Twitter, there was at, uh, at It's Mitch Marnie tweeted, Hey, Paul, how many goals did you lose the Stanley Cup clinching game by? And they had <laughs> – and they had that little thing. It was actually nine, though. So 9-3 <laughs> in that final game. That was brutal
1: mm-hmm. uh, to lose like that. But I thought no, that but was No, but they funny.
0: lost by six,
1: which is, I guess, the point. Oh, six. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. I yeah. was doing – they mentioned the goals, so I was saying yeah. more of
1: the goals, but yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Another funny one uh, was um, by uh, at uh, Mick Maz – uh, and it was referring to that picture of uh, Gudis screaming in Joseph Wall's face and <laughs> above it, they captioned it. The hockey gods don't forget. Yes. So there you go. Bad yeah. karma for Gudis. Uh, and yeah. of course, they did not win the cup. So yeah. And then the other one, one, the other picture that was going around was
0: him just staring at the Stanley Cup. it's he can never touch it because he didn't win so yeah so that was that was really that was funny i like that one too Mm -hmm. and then the last one for me i guess is our lovely buddy there phil um phil kessel winning his third stanley cup he can never forget us in toronto though he has to mention us and um and he he said like you guys thought or said how I couldn't, you couldn't win with me. And now I'm three, cu- three times a cup champion. or so thing, Right. But then on the Toronto radio station, it was funny. Somebody was talking about how that's fine. He can say all he wants, but he got started here in Toronto with the hot dogs. And, <laughs> and those hot dogs, he, they said that he, he has some business coming out an athletic hot dog because he's looking so much ship shape. Um, or he's in ship shape, let's say, uh, Phil. And they said they, they, he's got this athletic hot dog and he's going to be, it's going to be coming to a hot dog cart at, uh, King and John soon. So (laughs) look out for those athletic hot dogs. from
1: Phil Kessel. (laughs) That's smart of him because people will buy them here. Oh yeah. More so than anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like for sure. So good marketing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> All right, and then one thing I want to say though, like, uh, what is it about players leaving, winning the cup, but then then they have to mention their bitterness to Toronto? Kadri did the same thing yes. after winning yeah. in with with Colorado. Yeah, you know, it's it's just ah oh, man, yeah, everybody. It's just they know it's not the same. I don't same. know if Tyler Bozak did. No, no, he did. I don't think, but he, he, did. he didn't leave on like bitter terms. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so my last one is uh, from um at Greta Van Leafs. And uh it just points out some interesting karma, mm. I guess curse on the Leafs <laughs> side. Um this is crazy. They point out and 2019 Boston beat the Leafs and and lost in the finals. 2021 Montreal beat the Leafs and lost in the finals. 2022 Tampa Bay beat the Leafs, lost in the finals. 2023, Florida beat the Leafs, lost in the finals. The curse is real, they <laughs> said. And uh, yes. yeah, it's, so it's when the you look at that, it's kind of crazy. Is that so Maybe the Leafs are cursed, <laughs> yeah. but but the curse rubs off on whoever beats us. So exactly. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you never know, Nick, Nick. That reverse curse, and it's like
0: we tweeted out, it's a hex on the team, basically. Yeah. You're going to beat us? You're not going to be winning the Oak Stanley Cup. No.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, so God help whoever uh, comes up against us then. Yeah. Anyway, so it's time to get a little bit more serious uh, hockey talk in as the offseason is officially started, and there's lots to talk about, starting with uh, the hiring of Shane Doan as special advisor to Brad uh, Trilliving. Uh, updates on Sheldon Keith's status, Austin Matthews, and William Nylander. And in our third period segment, we're going to give some possibilities on who the Leafs could be targeting in the upcoming draft and free agency. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. Okay, so we before we get into the Leaf
0: talk, just a reminder to give us a rating or a review uh, wherever you listen to our show, Apple, Spotify, uh, leave us a comment on social media, um, or and just let us know what you think of the show. We're always... Uh, we always want to hear from our listeners, and um, we would love to hear from you. So, Shane Doan. Okay, so have to admit, as soon as I heard that, I thought of Austin Matthews. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I, I didn't even go any further than that. Um, and but really, it's not just about Austin Matthews. Um, I was like, uh, I guess Brad True Living. Obviously, he had the connection with um, Shane Doan from their Arizona days because Brad Sherloing was an assistant GM there mm. and he was with the Coyotes for 11 years. Um, and seven of those were with Shane Doan. So um, Doan as well, the amount of experience he has like it with Hockey Canada, it's actually unbelievable. Like he's got, like as a player. And then most recently in 2021, he was the assistant GM for the IIHF world championship team. And in 2022, he was the GM of, of Canada's Olympic team. So he took over from Doug Armstrong, who was supposed to do that, Who uh, was supposed to be there in Beijing. Um, but because of the whole COVID situation, everything that was going on, he ended up um, and the NHL coming back and all that. It was, it was kind of a mixed up time. So don't, was named the gm of the team there and then um and then yeah and then he was also just this past may he was the assistant gm of canada's team that won gold at the world championships so he has a lot of experience and i i just think that he in arizona it's almost like because he was there for so long like it was just like a he was there their face of their franchise on us like a ceremonial type of thing like i don't know like he he wasn't really yeah. being given the opportunity to to do what he could do right with all that experience with the, being a gm for with hockey canada he was mostly in player development with arizona and um, yeah so i just think that part of it um, wasn't really i guess put to the forefront that he does have a lot of experience in. I, I also found it funny how so many of these players that like when we were watching the game in our more youthful days, let's say, right. All these players now like Jerome Ginla getting hired, same idea. With, I know in Colorado or in Calgary, <laughs> sorry old. <laughs> yes. And then in, in uh, Philadelphia, John Leclerc got hired to work mm-hmm. with Keith Jones and, um, and somebody else. There, That's I an think. interesting hire, actually. Yeah. Because yeah. he's
1: had a really tough time post career as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So all these players that are even around Shanahan's age, too, mm-hmm. right? And Brandon, Brandon Shan's, they're all coming into the executive side of the game. So um, yeah, but I've, I mean, yes, definitely with Shane Doan, it's, I think it's a good, obviously, it's Austin Matthews' favorite player when he was uh, little growing up. In, well,
1: the relationship that I thought was really interesting and sweet is the relationship that Nyes has with him. Yes, because Nyes, yeah. you yeah. know, was coached by him and and has known him like since since growing up, like from a little kid. Yeah. Um, and and you know, the two so, sons played together, I think, too, because they have. Uh, that's like probably Shane, why. Yeah, yeah, Shane Doan's he, son. I heard he said that he's coached that uh dones coached him since he was little yeah. so he must have coached his son's team or something like that and yeah uh, and the, anyway, uh, so and the I other thing that was really sweet yeah and the other thing with nye's giving him delivering him a jersey a yeah yeah, jersey.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, with
1: his number 23 but yes. that's also the year that he both of them kind of really made their nhl or yeah maple leaf debut right so mm. um significant there i guess um, so yes. anyway, I don't know. Like it's, it's interesting, uh, what you say. Cause, you know, he, like you said, like he sort of had like a sort of a ceremonial kind of role, um, yeah. ambassadorial, I guess that kind of with, thing. Yeah. With the Coyotes. And, but he's obviously so highly thought of because he's given, being given these roles with Hockey Canada. I think that yeah. it, it was obviously a special opportunity for him to come here to the Leafs. Yeah. And also work with with Treliving. So those are the two things I guess that pulled him away yeah. from there because, you know, I don't think that anyone would have thought that he would ever leave Arizona because he's yeah, so no, entrenched I'd, in that community. Yeah. And just the family too, right? Like the, mm-hmm.
0: his family and everything. Like, um, I don't know. If but I guess been- his
1: kids are obviously like, if his, if his son played with, with knives, yeah. they're getting older as well. So it's, you know, not as, you don't have the whole thing with school and all of that. Yeah. Um, anyway, it'll be interesting to see um, what he, he does, does, though. Doan is obviously interested in, in the
0: GM side. Obviously, he's taken so, like with Hockey Canada, he's taken so many roles with mm-hmm. being, whether being be an assistant. And it's good, too, because he's worked like in those other roles, like there was Doug Armstrong, there was Steve Iserman that he had some. Yes. Assistant. He's had some
1: pretty incredible mentors.
0: Yeah. Like to actually, to have some um, mentorship with that. And mm-hmm. yeah. And he, it looks like he's wanting to head in that direction and possibly become uh, a future GM of, mm-hmm. of a team too. So, so yeah. So we're based so I think actually it's In a way, it's a little bit better than what... Because Spezza came right out of being a player, Jason Spezza.
1: Yeah. And speaking of that, I I think it's kind of a stretch for them to make him assistant GM right off the hop there. like, no. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't understand. Anyways, we don't have to worry about Kyle Dubas making these kinds of decisions anymore for us. So, yeah. Yeah. No, we're not going to get into that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I'm not going to mention his name again, but I just
1: found that really... Bizarre, yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, but yeah, so when it comes to Austin Matthews, um, uh, most of the insiders are saying that he will sign an extension in Toronto, like it's just mm-hmm. basically a matter of time, sort of thing, right? And obviously, he can't sign until July 1st, anyways, but it's, it's probably not going to happen that quickly because it's going to be a complicated uh, deal, but um, but yeah. What's going to happen with him, with Nylander? How about Sheldon Keefe? Uh, Will he be back behind the bench uh, next season?
1: Well, so with Austin Matthews, uh, we know that True went to Arizona to meet up with him um, and his family. And that was not really with a mind on negotiating. I think it was more just to get to know him. Um, So I I don't know. I think – with Austin, I, people yeah. are going to be disappointed inevitably because he's for sure going to sign a shorter deal, much shorter than we would like. I would personally, like to me, I think it would be a success if they get him for five. Right. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Do you know I what I mean? He's looking for three. I think so too.
0: But I think the team is for term, they, they would be beneficial for five.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because i I totally get where they're where he and his camp are coming from because the cap has been so flat. I think the bigger deal for these players now is not necessarily how much they get per year. it's the percent of the cap that they get, yeah, so with the cap being this low, he can't get as big big a chunk. Do you know what I mean? like if he gets twenty yeah. percent on a cap that is like ninety no. million that's that's much more. No. Reasonable than twenty percent of eighty-three. Now, you know? can't go to twenty. There's no way
0: because no. McKinnon no. So- right now. I actually wrote down some, and I I guess through all, uh, listening to radio and all the reports on on the higher end players that are getting paid, like McKinnon right now is making twelve point six million AAB mm-hmm. on on the cap, which is about just under fifteen percent of the cap. Mm-hmm. So. You so can't, like you, there's no way that you could go from that to 20 no. for Austin cities. So, no.
1: That is, you know, like I think people are so caught up with the numbers, but yeah. a hometown discount, you could look at it as as the percent of cap that they end up taking yeah. versus the actual number. Do you know what right? I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, and so like he if he, you know, I think most people could agree that he he could warrant 20%. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. But yeah. for him to take a a shorter deal, yeah, at a at at a slightly lower percent of the cap, yeah. that's a hometown discount, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. You exactly. know when you look at it that way. So people are going to be disappointed because he's going to get a big number, but but and he's not going to sign for eight years. But really it's actually in our benefit for him to sign for a shorter time and then yeah. sign a much longer yeah. deal after even coming in the middle
0: then like we're saying 5 let's say he yeah, says yeah. 3 come in at 4 4 years yeah. yeah right and then still take like don't take every single penny like the way no um, like i'm hoping they realize after so many kicks of the can here, seven, Mm -hmm. six, seven years in the playoffs and just getting past the first round now. Um, I'm hoping these players realize that by taking every single penny, you're not like, you're not doing the team any favor, like to, to get further along in the Mm -hmm. playoffs and get to that ultimate goal. So,
1: um, honestly, I think we're, you know, you mentioned Willie before, I think Willie is, is the more difficult one to tell you the truth because his comparables I mean, uh, I was looking at uh, Pasternak, you know, like he's basically, he's making uh, about just shy of 14% of the cap in Boston and at 11.2. Now, the thing is with Willie is that he kind of signed, like at the time, remember, everybody was out of their mind because he signed, you know, for such a, a large amount at that time. So, he signed a slightly bigger deal for his first contract. Yeah, he because it was more. It was more than Pasternak what he yeah. got then. Yeah. So and then but, that was the whole comparison. Everybody was comparing him to yeah. Pasternak, and Pasternak was like blowing him away. But I think you know he's probably. But the thing is, is like a guy like um, he he can't he can't get the same as a guy like Pasternak because Pasternak is their superstar. Mm-hmm. He's their yeah. Austin Matthews. Yeah. So for him to get that
0: is the high end, and even I was Mm -hmm. looking too at the comparables. Even like
1: Miko Rantanen, he's a comparable as well. um, Well, like even Johnny Goudreau, for example, right? You know, but uh, but even with Columbus, again, same situation. He's their superstar. Willie is comparable to those guys, but he's not that for us. So this is what. What kind of scares me with him because it's sort of similar to the the, the difficulty we had with, with Naz in that Naz was – he was almost too good for our team in the role that he was going to have to play. And yeah. sort of yeah, similar yeah. for Willie. Right.
0: But – Going back to your mentioning of Johnny Goudreau there, it's interesting because they both have the same agent. (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And um, Louis Gross. And Mm -hmm. he's been a bit of a hard ass with uh, before when dealing with that original contract with uh, Willie and Mm -hmm. um, and Joe. Obviously, he was, we have to mention the name again. He was dealing with Kyle Dubas at the time. Um, And... Very but, early on in his tenure as well. Yes. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so, and Trilliving so has that experience though, dealing with, um, with that agent. And, right. um, so that's actually a positive on our side, like, cause those, yeah. that negotiation with, with Johnny Goudreau, <laughs> like they, they gave him everything that, that, um, like Calgary gave him everything that he would have wanted to actually stay there. But Mm -hmm. he was at the time Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, at the time. But last season, like,
1: but yeah, he chose to go. But his cap hit with Columbus is nine point seven five, so nine nine million seven fifty. Yeah. So is that too much for Willie? Well, that's the thing. When you look at it, like, I I would like him to come in at around eight or a little bit more. Yes. Eight and a half. I like,
0: that's the yeah. team. That's what the team
1: wants is the mm-hmm. eight and a half. And basically. And that's 10% of the cap. If you look yeah. at, at it that way, but he's going to be looking for nine. We know that. Like yeah. For nine sure. and over. Right. Mm-hmm. But. Well, I mean, and the comparables weren't it. Like if I were his agent, I'd be going with that list and all the people that are, are his comparables, they're all, all over eight and a half. <laughs> Like they are, and, but then if you look yeah. at it though, because I looked at some
0: bottom end comparables, and most recently is that uh, the player in New Jersey is a winger, Jesper Jesper Bratt. Mm-hmm. He just signed a deal. Now this is the low end, let's just say, of where Nylander, the range, let's just say he could look look at. It. It's not going to happen. It's he's just signed for seven point eight eight million over eight years. Right. All right, Kevin Fiala, who's a very good winger as well with the LA Kings. He signed a seven year deal for that same amount. So that's the bottom end. And then
1: you get the high end like Miko Rantanen and mm-hmm. even Matthew well, Kachov. To me, right? A really good comparable for him it, based on what he does for the team is somebody like Philip Forsberg. Right. You yeah. know, because yeah. he's 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 not necessarily their top, top superstar or whatever. And he's eight, eight, eight point five. Right.
0: Yeah. So again, it all comes down to not taking every
1: penny, and yeah. maybe. So again, maybe he would. What if he takes a shorter deal? Yeah,
0: yeah. You see, that's the thing. I with him, I heard he wants a long, like he wants a max so deal.
1: So that's but. actually better then, because if you can go the eight with him, you can give him a little bit less. They're they easily can you know augment these things with signing bonuses that actually is a huge huge thing to help yeah. with the whole tax situation and all that um so yeah i mean yeah then but, uh, <laughs> then you can maybe get away with a little bit less but for a longer term term yeah yeah i don't
0: know if uh i don't know if they've actually spoken like Trilling or anything to Lewis Gross the agent like to mm-hmm. actually try it. because also Nylander as of July 1st has the 10, 10 team no trade clause right. in there right
1: um, so he has 10 teams and, that he won't go to so, so hopefully col- hopefully Carolina is not one of those teams <laughs> Yes,
0: yeah. Yeah, cuz um definitely there was something that interested both me and Sil saw this before. It's funny how we notice these things together that we're not we're not living in the same house but we're we're noticing the same transactions. So on a, an article we noticed um there was an interesting um Trade on Yahoo Sports. There was some trade possibilities. They said for Nylander. We don't want Willie traded, but Mm-mm. if it happens, whatever. We're obviously we want the best. But the one, um, the one deal that we thought was not so bad was if Willie packaging Willie and Lilligren to Carolina for right, right shot defenseman Brett Pesci, right winger Seth, Seth Jarvis, who is actually the our draft pick from that Marlowe deal um, that we had to throw in the draft pick for Carolina to take on the salary of, uh, of Patrick Marlowe and center Jack Drury. Yeah. So th- that's the proposal that they gave, which I thought was actually not so bad. It's, and when you look at the money, the money coming in, let's just say, to come back to us is 4- $5.84 million on the cap, and we'd be giving back to Carolina six
1: point three six. million. Yeah, it's like for actually, sorry, eight point three six million. I, going back, I didn't actually read that article, and the the speculation that I I heard it uh, listening to uh, NHL Network on Sirius XM uh, today, and they were talking about uh, uh, Carolina and how they need mm-hmm. they need kind of uh, they need more offense and they need a game breaker, and right. immediately. Willie popped into my head is he's the perfect kind of guy for them and, yeah. and Pesci would be the perfect kind of defenseman for us. So as far as the other fringe things that would go into that, um, you know, that's just a one for one and they would have to obviously massage that yeah. to make it work. But it seems like that is the type of trade that would be a good hockey trade. It'd be benefiting both teams involved. Yeah, um, because like we said, I, I don't really want to. I don't want to see Willie go. I'd I'd rather get to watch him day in day out. Um, yeah. But if, well, yeah, he's if, a, he's a one forty of goal scorer. Go, that would make some sense. Yeah, like you got to remember,
0: he's a forty goal scorer. Like it's hard to score twenty goals, let alone forty goals in the NHL, right? Yeah. So who's going to score those forty goals for us if we don't have them? Right? Yeah. So exactly, other people have to. Well, I mean. I guess you we'd have to round out the bottom six better uh mm-hmm. to to pick up some of that goal scoring but um but yeah you'd
1: but you'd, even you'd, then like a bot to expect your bottom six to replace you know no at least fifteen no. goals is no. a lot yeah. yeah, and i mean you gotta have we gotta have
0: hope obviously Matthew Nye's coming into mm-hmm. the into the lineup full time that he'll have a good um I guess a good season, good present uh, presence on on the like on the second line, let's say. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. That was just a possibility that we thought of. But uh, what about Sheldon Keefe now? Let's just move on to Sheldon Keefe. Uh, we well, talked I mean, a, a bit about him. We talked a bit the, about him last show. Yeah, yeah, and there's really no update on his status. Um, but one thing I thought, I mean, there has been some reports saying like they'll possibly sign, do an extension for him later in the summer. Mm -hmm. But I, I, and then as soon as I started hearing the talk, apparently they've been interviewing candidates to replace uh, Spencer Carberry Mm -hmm. as an assistant coach. And I thought, well, I mean, that pretty much seals the deal in my opinion, that he is definitely coming back next season and whether or not an extension happens. I mean, it's quite possible just because of that, right? I mean, you don't, yeah, you don't let him, He's not. You don't let him be the one doing an uh, like interviews for an assistant coach if he's not coming back for Mm -hmm. a little bit, anyways. So
1: they they probably don't want him to be in that lame duck position either. So like I could see it being like a two year deal because that way you know if if he has a short leash, um, you know you're not really tied into to having to pay out a whole bunch of extra years, um, yeah. So. Did you yeah. hear, I didn't mention this to you before,
0: did you hear how changing the subject off of Sheldon Key for a second, but to the head coach with Mike Babcock? Apparently he, because they haven't, he's going to be the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, but mm-hmm. apparently he wants to take every single cent from the Leafs, like right up to June 30th, because yeah, that's when his I'm, deal I'm,
1: ends. It doesn't yeah. surprise me.
0: But yeah, like apparently word has got out that he definitely (laughs) wants, he's that bitter, again, bitterness Mm -hmm. to us for different situations this time, the coaching. I was like, oh my God, what one month is going to kill you? Like if you were named coach June the 1st. He's been sitting for
1: four. So (laughs) yeah, I just thought that was hilarious with him. Well, and that's probably why, like, I'm sure he could have taken like other jobs, but he he obviously wasn't going to be making as much as he's making with the Leafs anywhere. And yeah. uh, oh, yeah, for, sure. for sure Columbus yeah. isn't paying him that anyway. no, no. Anyway. Yeah. So many decisions to be made and not just with the front office and the contracts for the star players. So for a third period segment, we're going to talk about the upcoming NHL draft, which goes on June twenty eighth and 29th. And then, of course, free agency opens on July 1st.
0: Okay, so the NHL draft is the big date coming up in the calendar, and the Leafs have three picks. A first, a fifth, and a sixth. So... What we did here was we just went through some of the the different, um, I guess, scouting reports from like whether it be Craig Button, TSN, uh, NHL Central Scouting puts out a list of the of the draft, uh, play, uh, the players eligible for this draft, and um, yeah, Bob McKenzie obviously has a big uh, list too. So we just went through, and I I picked two D men. Sales picking two forwards. So I'll go first with the D men. Um, I picked as the first one, actually still gave me a heads up on this one a little <laughs> bit with, uh, I don't know if, well, some of our listeners probably remember Radic Bonk um, who played with the Senators and a few games versus our Leafs there too, back in the day. Um, it was his son, Oliver Bonk is a six foot two defenseman playing with the London Knights. Uh, and he's eligible for this, this year's draft. And, he comes in at number or in and around the 28th pick where, where we are some NHL central scouting has him a little bit higher um, in the like early twenties is going in the draft and, and then like Craig button and Bob McKenzie have him lower, like in the thirties. So, um, but yeah, he's, he's basically, he's, he's good with the puck retrieval along the boards. He plays a physical game. He's not really huge. so um but he does play physical he can the i guess the whole idea with him is to he's been around the game through his father mm-hmm. right and his dad um his dad taught him the game and and it's funny there's other not to get sidetracked here but there are other players in the draft we'll mention them later um that have that are sons of former players and they just have that they just have that hockey game in them sort of right so um but yeah so uh, he can exit the D zone quickly, whether it be skating, skating it out or making a crisp pass. So he's not like there's no glaring errors in his game. sort of, like the way they say, right, like they are glaring holes in his game. So so that's uh, that's my first pick for the uh, for the for the demon. Do you have any comments on that or?
1: No, uh, the only bit? thing I would say is that one of the other things that I thought was interesting about him was He seems to have a really good personality. So like going into the combine, um, his dad had this famous mullet, I guess, that is still (laughs) like plastered all over the place. So he shaved his head on the side to give himself a mullet going into the combine and his parents were like shocked and dismayed that he did that. Um, but they weren't too impressed. (laughs) No, no. So, but I think you know that says that he's got a a pretty cool personality too. So I kind of kind of liked that uh, aspect as well. And he is a right shot defenseman,
0: which we all,
1: for several seasons now, we all Mm -hmm. know about
0: right shot defensemen. And um, yeah. And then the other kid that I picked, from what I read, there was there's not a lot of high end defense prospects, but the fact Mm -hmm. that the Leafs haven't picked a defenseman since 20, I want to say it was 2020 was the last time it was Topi Nimila was the last time mm. they picked a defenseman. Right. So they, we got to get some defensemen
1: in the, uh, in the system basically. Yep. And, and, uh, and well, uh, tr- Living, that's how he likes to build his teams too. Right. So yeah. I can imagine that he would probably want to, go for that too yeah so the second guy that i picked was quinton
0: burns um and central scouting had him at number 34 craig button had him at number 77 um but i also saw a an article and i'd encourage to the listeners to um to go to hockeywriters.com they they actually have pretty good um like when you just put in the name of the of the of the player, they have some really good uh, descriptions of of what that player's um, habits are and how they play the game. So this particular article I saw, they mentioned the top ten uh, OHL defensemen, and he was listed. Quinton Burns was listed at uh, number ten. So his main, again, he's not a flashy defenseman, but. He he has a long reach, which is good. We all know with uh Sheldon Keefe and Justin Hall and that long reach that they were, he's um uh, he's like he was very attached to Justin Hall <laughs> for that reason. So this kid <laughs> has a long reach. And um yeah, his main attribute is his defensive IQ. So he's really good on um I guess the going along the boards, take getting the puck out like in the scrums and that he's gets the puck up has the crisp first pass to get out of the zone. He's a good skater and um, yeah, he's only 18 years old. So, I mean, all these kids, it's going to take them a while um, uh, to develop, especially defensemen, but um, he's six one. So he has size shoots left and uh, he played with the Kingston Frontenacs of the OHL. So that was my second pick. There are, there was another kid that was in there too, from the Barry Colts. He played, um, and he he's basically he was similar, but he was more offensive. So I went with this defensive player because I think we need more defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> more stay-at-home guys we we need than than offensive offensive players. Cause I believe Toby Nimila is um like he's a high end defense prospect that's already in our system and um and he's more offensive. So we already got him. So let's go with some defense here.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so I was charged with looking at forwards, so um basically you know it's is difficult uh to figure out you know what our our needs um and basically at twenty eight you pretty much you've gotta pick the the best player available um Regardless of position, position I guess. Uh, but looking at uh, the forwards, um, the first guy that I picked is, I picked a Quentin too. Um, Quentin Musty uh, is his name. He actually uh, came into the OHL with a lot of hype um, as he was uh, the first overall selection in his year for the OHL draft. He kind of fell off a little bit after after that, but this past year kind of was a big breakout year for him. So um, he kind of has he pretty much a really well-rounded game. Um, but uh, anyway, he is a left winger. I kind of was really looking for centers, but doesn't seem to be a really good crop of, of yeah. really good centers. And I, I think that's what we kind of our needs are so, but uh, anyway, this guy's a left winger. Uh, obviously I mentioned he's, he's in the OHL. He's, he's quite big. He's uh six to 190. Um, anyway, he basically is sort of um, in the rankings. Uh, Bob McKenzie ranks him around 26, but he's, he's kind of as high as 12th uh, um, really in the rankings and 26. So it may be, a guess as to whether he would fall as low as 28. I don't know. He may, he may not. Um, But bottom line, um, he was one of the league's best point producers and especially at even strength. And we know that that really fits in well with, with our team's game. Um, He is, you know, pretty pro ready. He's, he's got good size as mentioned and he's, he's good with the puck and has really good hands in front of the net and not shy to dangle. So he could be an exciting player to watch. Um, he has really good habits by all accounts. So that makes his game, well, I guess what they call sort of pro ready. And he's got this really good blend of size and speed. Um, he's sort of a similar type player to Matthew Nye's, uh, but uh, by all accounts, a better puck distributor. So anyway, um, the, the dings on him, his skating is not the greatest, um, and his consistency is not the best either. So for me, when I read that, I thought, hmm, if Willie gets traded... This guy could fit the bill to <laughs> yes. uh, you know to yeah, replace true. him in in uh, making Keith crazy, um, but anyway, so that's that's basically the first my first pick. Yeah, so. so he so he was with
0: Sudbury, I see here, right? Sudbury yeah, Wolves. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, yeah. He's listed number twenty in on the hockey writers, um, yeah, list or whatever. So yeah, that could move any. Yeah, yeah he's, he's right, ballpark. Though yeah you're right though about maybe maybe replacing Willie's demeanor a little <laughs> bit but uh yeah but, yeah, and the fact that he's a he's a left winger right yeah. yeah, yeah, so that's because we're kind of short on left wing, mm-hmm. even though obviously this is for the future as I mean they're not gonna step into the league no. now, but um but still it's uh it's something we're already short of and um yeah,
1: all right, and who's your other so my second pick. I, I just decided to pick somebody that was sort of a little bit interesting. Now we did mention a little bit, we were talking a little bit before going on to record um, that, you know, picking uh, Russian players is a little bit of a wild card. Yeah. And this guy is a wild card in a lot of areas, but he's really interesting. Uh, his name is Daniel, but um, mm. he is a really big kid. He's uh, 6'5 and 203 pounds. So he's like a very much in the Tage Thompson type mold. Um, He caught my eye because I was reading a little bit in the athletic and they have a different way of um, basically listing prospects. They don't kind of make a prospect list is they basically rank players uh, based on, um, you know, their attributes. So like, you Mm -hmm. know, skating, um, you know, best a puck handler, that kind of right. thing. And yeah, as far yeah. as athleticism, this guy was picked number one. So oh, wow. to me, if you've got a, an 18 year old kid that is basically, they're talking about the best athlete, that means that yeah. kid's got attributes to really be something, you know, like, um, and you said he was six, five, six, five. Wow. And All right. like, you know, what are some of the things that we're missing? Uh, We're missing size. We're missing some toughness. Um, You know, we want that kind of, those kinds of things can pay dividends. And, you know, the thing with big kids is that they often can't, can't skate very well. Now this guy does have to improve his skating, but he moves better. And when he gets to top speed, he can still look, do things with the puck, which is what makes him, him special. And he's just going to keep growing into it. Now, I don't know. Like, that's the thing is that it, because of the size factor, it's a wild card. But look at a guy like Tage Thompson. You know, it took him a while to kind of develop. And, but now he is a real game breaker. Yeah. And um, so this guy could could be a wild card. It is a risky pick, but. I actually thought that it it was, he was interesting. He's also been playing in the KHL. He's been in the Russian system this whole time. So he's been playing with men as well. Um, So that's kind of like the
0: other defense prospect. I didn't, we talked about him before we came on air. The, uh, that I was talking about this Jacob Dvorak, who's six, five defenseman (laughs) playing in Chechia. Um, And he has that, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be like Zdeno Chera comparisons <laughs> or mm-hmm. anything, right?" And he has all these qualities. The skating actually with the, that kid isn't wasn't too bad, but he but he's he's a big kid, and he's he he has that long reach. But again, there's always I don't know because of these lower end the lower end in the draft, let's just say in the first, whether it be first round or dropping into the second round, those are the ones like it's hit or miss. If you're going to get, mm-hmm. Um you got to really have those scouts out there watching the kids yeah. um, to, to actually well, say, that's
1: the thing. Like this, this kid, he can skate. He's got great hands. He, yeah. he can do a lot of things at a faster speed than most guys, his size. And so right. there's, there's, something to be said for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyways, and he's basically ranked really in the ballpark where we're, where we would be picking. And I'm hoping that, you know, if they take, decide to take a flyer on this guy, um, that because he's Russian, maybe he'll drop just that little bit and land in, in our laps. So another guy that I just want to add is like a sort of a Mm -hmm. honorable mention Mm -hmm. And again, we were talking about, you know, uh, players that have kids that are going to be drafted and because of his Maple Leaf, um, which one are you uh, going to pick. I know of two of them so. <laughs> which well, one are I was you going to mention um, Gabe Pro uh okay. Yannick Perot's son. <laughs> yeah. And um he's a, he's a winger. He's not a not a centerman, but apparently his dad did work on the faceoffs with him so he's he's good in the faceoffs. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's another guy that I I thought I would mention but I don't anticipate that he would drop low enough for us no. to pick him. So yeah. And the yeah. other one um, that is a former
0: leaf, uh, the son of a former leaf, is uh, Darby Hendrickson's son, uh, Beckett Hendrickson. Is also uh, he's a winger that's going to be in this draft. So there's mm-hmm. quite a few names that make us feel old. Um, yep. <laughs> to say that we 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 know that when their dads played, basically. But uh, yeah, let's let's go on to to free agency though.
1: Yes, as Chris mentions, yes, next up is free agency opening on July 1st. So it's not a great free agent class. And in fact, the Leafs will probably lose more players (laughs) um, (laughs) on our current (laughs) roster uh, than they sign anyone. Um, And that actually would be a good thing because that would mean that we have people moving up uh, from our development ranks. So anyway, we can take a look at uh, and see who we think the Leafs might go for. Yeah, so...
0: Just to review again, the guys that we think are going out are most likely Alexander Kerfoot, Michael Bunting, Justin Hull, uh, Zach Aston Reese, and Wayne Simmons. Those are the guys that we're pretty sure um, are not going to be back uh, with the Leafs. Um, we're hoping David Camp and Noel Achari will, will re sign with the Leafs. So those are the two UFAs that we hope. Um, Will sign and well, and then most likely, oh, most likely, yeah, because there's other ones we also hope will sign. That's true, yeah. And (laughs) um, Luke Shen is another one that obviously we want. Uh, we we have heard reports that there's an issue with the term, um, that they are negotiating with with uh, between the agent and the leaf, so we'll see what happens there. But um, we really need to fill out uh, our bottom six with those losing those players um plus the d obviously too i think is going to be um i don't know it might be something speak just going over to the d there you mentioned this i think it was the last episode or a couple of episodes ago about tj brody and yeah. the possibility of maybe dealing him i don't know i'm i'm kind of getting that vibe as well through some of the stuff that's been talked about that uh, he might be well
1: as I soon as True Living came in, that's just something that I th- kind of thought about because he's yeah, he wanted to trade him before. So Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just thought of that too. But for the bottom six, um, a couple of yeah, possibilities. Like the only person we have in our bottom six is Lafferty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um Couple of possibilities that I thought of, or that I was looking into, were um, Miles Wood from the New Jersey Devils. We looked into him a little bit. I think last year, or the year before, he's twenty-seven years old, left winger. Um, he only signed a one-year deal last year with uh, with New Jersey at three point two million, and he had twenty-seven points this past season. So, to me, he's a good third line kind of guy, um, and. And he played well in the playoffs too. Um, I thought with the devils and yeah, so I see him as a possibility on left wing. Cause we need left wing desperately right now, I think. And, um, and Connor Brown, Browner, Brownie, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call him <laughs> as a nickname, um, former leaf. He's already been, uh, he's already, he, he loved being a leaf here. He didn't want to get traded to the senators, but um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I think at, he basically missed most of this season with a knee injury and he was making with uh in his last contract, uh, 3.6 million last year. So if he's willing to take maybe a, a slightly lower, but around the same three and a half, something like that. Um, because he's coming back basically from injury from a big injury like that. So maybe, um, Maybe he'd be somebody that uh, we could pick up, and then the last one that I had was more of a big ticket guy that we've talked about before. That I don't think will happen because he's too much money. Is Matt Dumba on defense? If we're looking for a, he's a UFA, uh, 28 years old, right shot D. We've we've coveted him before. Um, lots of talk in Leafs Nation about him coming coming here and and matching up well with Morgan Riley, like as a top pairing. But um, I don't, like, I don't think it's possible just because of the cap hit, but we can always dream <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and mention him. So, yeah, I mean, the Leafs have, right now, they only, they have $9 million in cap space, just over $9 million in cap space available. So, they got to get, but they got to, like, replace these, like, five or six guys and then plus work on the defense, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So, um. Well, I, I'm still hoping that uh, O'Reilly yeah. <laughs> uh, comes back. That would be beautiful if he did. Um, right. A guy that we kind of talked off uh, about a little off the air um, is somebody that we've never coveted when it comes to free agent time, but uh, – Surprisingly, he makes an impact everywhere he goes. He's he's really turning into a journeyman, which I I'm sort of surprised. Um, somebody like like Max Domi, he could not cost a lot, but he seems to make a difference wherever he goes. He he was great for Dallas, yes, in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah. Um, and in in the stretch there. So I, I know don't know. He
0: liked his time in Chicago, and he might no. want to go play. He might
1: want to go play with Connor Bedard yeah uh, mm, yeah potentially but anyways yeah. it that's, that's that's somebody that i kind of thought of um you know yeah. like uh i don't know it's tough you know yeah. it's like you know bunting i think he's going to be pri- priced out um you know there was some we were talking a little bit about somebody like uh alex calorn maybe right but maybe he's just been, he's he's got too many miles on him potentially right yeah. now, but you know that's a guy from a winning culture, um, so we'll see, I guess. But um, yeah, yeah, I, don't, I don't think know. the best deals will be made by by via trade potentially for us for our purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I think so
0: too. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. That's uh, it's gonna be. We'll be watching that's for sure on July first, and um, and and seeing what uh, what what happens, and and who signs, and and it'll be interesting to see if if Bunting goes and joins uh Dubis there in in Pittsburgh. I don't know, the whole Sioux thing is going to transfer down to. Yeah, Pennsylvania. I wonder <laughs>
1: if he's just going to go out and grab all of his uh, his previous picks. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So one other event uh, that's coming up. Is the NHL Awards um which being it's being held in Nashville on June 26th. Um and basically we pretty much already know Connor McDavid is gonna win the Heart Trophy as league MVP. He is mm-hmm. going up against um uh Matthew kachuk and I didn't oh geez, who's the other one?
1: <laughs> let me uh, look it Chuck up here. and uh neck.
0: Right. How could I forget the past demand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I mean, it's it's pretty much Connor McDavid's to win.
1: So, we're going to yeah, just he'll probably do the double like uh like like uh Austin did last year. Yeah. Yeah, with
0: the Ted Lindsay and uh and the Hart Trophy. So, we're just going to run through who we think will win uh the the main awards. We're going to just go through. So, we have a couple of differences actually. So, <laughs> let's uh you go first with the Vesna there.
1: So for the Vesna, the finalists are Connor Hellebuck, Ilya Sorokin, and Linus Allmark. And I actually am thinking that uh, Sorokin might win this award. Um, he yeah. was played incredible all season. He was definitely the backbone of that Islanders defensive style and system. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's my pick. Well, I'm picking Almark. It's
0: just because of their that magical season that the Bruins had and all that goalie hugging at the end that you always saw at Mm -hmm. the end of the Bruins games. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they did have a fantastic season, and normally, um, whoever wins the, uh, uh, like whoever has the best uh, goals against average percentage um, win- also wins this award. So I'm going to go with, which they did, Boston won. So I'm just going to go with uh, Linus Allmark mm-hmm. on that. So moving on to the Norris Trophy, the finalists are Adam Fox from the Rangers, Eric Carlson from the Sharks, and Kale McCarr from the Avalanche. And for that, I think we both agree it's going to be Eric Carlson. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
1: he had over 100 points <laughs> in the season. I, I really think they should have a second defense award. Yes, yeah. You know, like, because it usually always goes to the the most offensive defenseman, but they right. should have an award for the best defensive defenseman yeah. as well, or best overall or best all-round, I think. Because, I mean, if they have an offensive uh, or defensive forward award, why don't they have, you know, the opposite for like, that's just the hilarious thing for defense. <laughs> they still give the award to the most offensive defenseman. Yeah. You know, like you yeah, think that yeah. they'd be the best, the best defender period, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but- Carlson's probably going to win this for sure. Yeah.
0: And he definitely, I guess when Brent Burns got traded to Carolina, mm-hmm. obviously that's where he benefited the most. Cause he ended up being the number one man.
1: Right, yeah, then. it's kind of interesting how it it really didn't work out with the two of them there together. Right. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because now they're in like a rebuilding mode as well. Yeah. So and, and he might you know they traded. couldn't capitalize on on the two of them together at that time. Yeah, it's really too bad. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to the Calder Trophy. So the finalists are Maddie Beneers, Owen Power, and Stuart Skinner again, here we have a difference of opinion. I actually think Maddie Beniers is probably going to win this. Um, I think that the fact that his team, uh, you know, in another expansion team that did so well this year and, you know, did well in the playoffs. uh, He has a a lot. He, he basically was really an important piece to that. Uh, So uh, that's why I'm, I'm picking him. Yeah. And I'm, Picking Stuart
0: Skinner um, just because he ended up—he was supposed to be the backup to Jack Campbell. I think I don't know so much when when Jack there went to Edmonton. I'm pretty sure he was supposed to be more of the number one. Like they they were going to split the time, but he was kind of going to be the understudy, Stuart Skinner, and he ended up taking over um, during the regular season because Campbell basically did not have a, a good uh a good regular season and and he just wasn't able to he wasn't able to come back and and um and play a good game. So Stuart Skinner for me and like he took them through the playoffs obviously too or into the playoffs got past uh the first round, second round so and then um eventually they lost to the Golden Knights, right? Yeah. I think they did. Yeah. So they lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champion. So yeah. So I'm picking Stuart Skinner on that one. Uh, next up is the Selkie, the Frank Selkie trophy. And um, I switched my thing. I know for a fact. <laughs> I'm I'm switching around here on in my internet to uh, to get the uh the different nominees of the trophy but we know for a fact that mitch marner is a nominee for this uh frank j Selke trophy as best defensive forward or two-way forward he's up against nico Heesher of the devils and of course our friend from boston the one that always wins this award patrice bergeron so i mean i'm picking bergeron just because i don't know he it's might he might actually retire this year and then somebody else can, maybe Mitch can win it next year. (laughs) But um, yeah, I just think that being a centerman too uh, makes a, makes a difference when uh, they tend to pick centers for these, uh, for the Selkie trophy Mm -hmm. as opposed to winners, even though or wingers, but um, but yeah, so I'm going with Bergeron. Are you going with Bergeron or no?
1: No. Well, I mean, I think he probably will win it, but I'm (laughs) going to go for Mitch because we need fresh blood in this category. So, um, and I think he deserves it uh, for what he does on the ice, uh, playing in all situations. Um, The only thing he doesn't have is, is the face off acumen. And I think that is a big piece to this award, unfortunately. So um, yeah. Anyway. So uh, the next one, we're going to go on to the lady Bing. Trophy and the finalists for this are Jack Hughes, Anjè Copetar and Braden Point. Um, I think we are in agreement on this one, and both of us think Jack Hughes uh should um win this award. Um he is a huge piece in in getting the devils to where they got to this year. He is the I guess the the real a real role model f- for that team and Course, you know, he plays the game clean. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And he's, uh, yeah, no, he had the most points, I believe, for the Devils this season. And, um, and he was great in the playoffs. I thought, mm-hmm. like, he really, he, he took it to another level. And, um, yeah. And he's really, I just noticed a difference in his play from, from last season to this season. Like, yes. He's, he's a different player and he definitely deserves to, for the, um, for the lady being, which obviously is more for the most sportsman like player. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well, that's that's what I mean. Like he's, he's definitely a role model for the young team that they're yeah. building there. He's exciting. He's fun to watch. He, he enjoys playing the game. Yeah. You can see that the joy there. Um, so I think, I think they're in good hands there. Yeah.
0: Okay. And the final one we're going to, Give our opinion on is the Jack Adams Award, which is for the uh, the best coach from the regular season. Uh, the nominees for that are Dave Haxtall from the Seattle Kraken, uh, Jim Montgomery from the Boston Bruins, and Lindy Ruff from the New Jersey Devils. So, um, I'm going. And I think we're both going with uh, Jim Montgomery. I don't know. You I might change my plan? mind
1: on that. <laughs> well, I'm actually, going with Montgomery. <laughs> yeah. And he's likely to win it yeah. because of all because the things the that we've mentioned previously. Yeah. Um, although I do find it interesting that a lot of the times it doesn't go to that guy, the guy who wins everything and does everything right. Um, but he's also got a, story, a great story, you know, because he was sort of out of the league, brought back in. Yeah. And did this in his first season, so yeah. Um, there's something to be said for that, but you know, Leaf Connection again. Uh, Dave Hackstall, I think, yeah. did a, a really great job with that team, and in and, and wasn't even expected to get this far so quickly. So, yeah. um, yeah, that so, would yeah, be so, my pick. The second pick
0: would be Dave Hackstall. Yeah, um, just because Seattle was just horrible last year.
1: But poor and- Lindy. I mean, gosh. <laughs> Yeah. the guy? I think he has probably won a Jack Adams yeah. though before. I think maybe when he was with Buffalo, but uh, but yeah, and Jim know, Montgomery he doesn't too. get enough respect, yeah, <laughs> and and Jim Montgomery too. I mean, the team that
0: Boston had, like basically Bruce Cassidy, who's now a Stanley Cup champion mm-hmm. with the Vegas Golden Knights, um, like it was his team the way it it was, like there wasn't. It it was a good team, let's just say, from the mm-hmm. Bruins. Um, he had all the players in place. Yes, it was his first year as the coach, but he has a lot. He had a lot already set up for him there. Well,
1: and truth be told, like from everything that I hear, uh, really they have a player player coach in Patrice Bergeron. Right. He's the guy yes. that runs that team yeah you know yeah. he's the yeah, one who yeah. makes the rules he's the one that that holds it all together so yeah he built the culture there that guy yeah, yeah. so really you know and so. he he you know he could win that award then maybe he <laughs> will one day maybe he'll go into coaching after who yeah. knows
0: yeah you never know so uh it's the off season we're going into the, well we are in the off season but i don't know for for me and for Silb. it doesn't feel like it's going to be uh, just a business as usual off season. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with our first patio season episode. Uh, until then, be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at LTL 1917. And a reminder again, to be sure to leave us a, a, a rating or review and let us know what you think of the show. Uh, It's easy on Apple and Spotify, and it's important for our show to get more exposure as a source for leaf content. And we thank you for taking the time.
1: And another way to help us out is by visiting our Kofi page at kofi.com. You can follow us there and if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation you make goes towards helping us produce the show and making it even better for you. So you can find the link to our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. Um
0: yeah. And, uh, yeah. And we also have our website, ladies If you want to check us out, uh, there's some, our, we have our episodes there and, uh, yeah, we have other, other lots of good content there too. Um, and we also want to thank our healthcare workers. Always want to thank them and our first responders for everything that they do.
1: And we want to wish a happy Canada Day to our fellow Canadians uh, listening. Um, And thanks as always for for watching and listening. And we'll see you next time on the patio. Go, Leafs, go. Go, Leafs, go.